Genre. back to Spider-Man Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze and celebrate the movie Spider-Man one reflection talking minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Zach Luna. I'm, I'm Tom Taylor. What? 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 <laughs> Who else is here? What? I'm Jerry Porter. There he is. There he is. Uh, and where are you, where are you find the Indiana Jones from. Minute? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> we got there in the end. God, this is like a pumpkin bomb nest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of pumpkin bombs, we're talking about Minute 74, uh, which begins with Norman saying, I don't understand. And ends <laughs> with um, with the goblin telling Norman that he is bringing him uh, what he what he's always wanted, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Just Pat. 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 Bringing. I'm bringing. Bringing back Pat. Pat. It's what you've always wanted. Oh, a relationship with your father. <laughs> um, uh, this is straight up sixty seconds of Willem Dafoe talking to Willem Dafoe. That's all. Uh-huh. That's all yeah. we're talking about this today. Works for me. And I'm on board. I'm all the way on board with it. <laughs> and it. And it technically beat two towers to the punch by about nine months. Yeah. I was going to ask that. That's hysterical. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So they they couldn't have been influencing each other really because they ha- would have been filming concurrently, pretty concurrent concurrently, right. which is insane. Right. Uh, <laughs> well, and in this particular case, <clears throat> the golem cuts are practical because. They're they're basically doing a shot reverse shot between a man and his reflection. Yeah. So it it it's actually practically done here, whereas in Lord of the Rings they're purposefully breaking the 100, 180 degree line. Yeah. To uh, do what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is just meticulously done, and I, I think yeah. it's as good a time as any to bring it up that this whole sequence, which is often referenced in like the um, the behind the scenes material, is one of the the best sequences in the film, or one of the trickiest ones to to set up. Was a sequence that came about because they had a lot of rehearsal time on this project, and Sam and uh, Sam Raimi and Willem Dafoe sat down and planned this out um, in some sort of early rudimentary rehearsals before they even had a full set. Uh, and they had a storyboard artist there and associate producer Grant Curtis. And so they'd have these rehearsals about the scene where Willem would come up with a performance idea and Sam would talk about how they could shoot it. And then Curtis would would write it all down so that they could then relay it to how they'd build the set and then how they'd lay out tracks. So that by the time they came to actually shoot this, they had it so well planned out in terms of the technical side 
to catch both of these characters that they could just sort of like let Willem go start to finish and move on to the next shot. I mean, this is a sequence that is built since you couldn't do this in traditional like, oh, you know, we'll we'll get coverage from all angles and we'll figure out the edit later. They had to plan it out well. So they did uh, meticulously meticulously design it to this point that you can just let the performer, you know, fly through it and uh, match to the next setup, the next setup after that. And it it impresses me every single time I watch it. Um, so that's the background, I guess, for, for this sequence. <laughs> I um I I really like when it's doing the 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 golem cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, I am less crazy about the the wide shot of him walking toward the uh, toward the uh, mirror right, where he does it without I, changing I, angle. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Because because my my thing is is that um like storytelling wise and cinematically the argument that they're trying to make is that Norman is a victim here mm-hmm. and that, that the goblin is this persona that's taking over through this accident and that Norman is just a victim, that it's not Norman's fault that he's being sort of uh, emotionally taken advantage of by the goblin mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. He's being mm-hmm. manipulated by him. And so when you're doing those cuts back and forth, it's really nice because it sort of differentiates the two personalities. Mm-hmm. But when you do that wide shot, it's obvious. It becomes a little too obvious to me hmm. that he's just a lunatic who's talking to himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I would prefer if they had kept up the golem cuts hmm. every time he spoke to the goblin until the end of the movie when he gets the mask hmm. taken off of him in that final fight with spider-man <laughs> and then that's the first and only time you see him in a single shot switching back between norman and the goblin because mm-hmm. then we as the audience are realizing it at the same time that peter is realizing that he's just a lunatic he's a crazy person and mm. that like oh this is actually kind of pathetic like he's he's just like a pathetic like mentally ill Mm-hmm. guy mm-hmm. you know and like i it, it seems like having it in having him switch personas in a single shot here mm-hmm. i think it takes away from what could have been a better and more thematic reveal At in the, the third act yeah yeah and nice. to be fair i think all that is a very well reasoned uh argument but i would gladly throw away a lot of other sequences in this film for the moment when he holds up the newspaper in the mirror and then turns to look at it and when he turns towards <laughs> yeah. us he's norman but when he's looking yeah. in the mirror he's he's the goblin i see that's the thing uh, yeah I, I i i get your points uh scott about why it might be better to to just you know treat this guy as two different characters storytelling right but yeah yeah, but the in the performance, like he, the, like there are a couple of times here when he transitions between the two in the one continuous take, and you're like, oh my god, that's really good. He's yeah. he's a good actor. <laughs> he's pretty good. At, like like it's it's kind of it's it's it could be super goofy, but it's really seamless and uh, and really impressive. Mm-hmm. Well, the way he you know, it. there's there's something in this in this scene, you know, that it captures when your darker angels are calling you. There's something bewitching about indulging them. 
Sure. And, and that's, that's, I'm, that's what, you know, the green goblin is, is, is saying here, you know, he says, you know, it, basically if we indulge our worst angels or our darker angels, you know, do all the good things we want happen. And the green goblin is saying, well, how did you think you even got here? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not like, like, look around you. It's all me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Green Which I, I don't know. What's that? Green for envy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and, and it's it's really tough because you'd wonder, <clears throat> you'd be like, whoa, is that true? Kind of like we talked about, you know, did I just let that little cupola on top of my house patina <laughs> without me looking? Because yeah. subconsciously I was, you know, is, is if, if he indulges, you know, his his worst angels, then does he all of a sudden get what he wants? Right. See, but what do you think if, you, if you're the house... Well, like if you're, say, like a house cleaner and you come, you happen to walk in on him at this moment, <laughs> what do you think he would see? Like, do you think he would see these two characters or would you see just Norman like talking to himself and like he doesn't sound nearly as cool when he's when he's the Green Goblin? Well, I think, guy I think that might be what Scott was kind of getting at was that if we have a objective observer, observer viewpoint, whether it's mm-hmm. a literal, you know, house, uh, you know, attendant coming into the room and watching this play out or us watching it play out in the wide shot, it's much more obvious that it's one physical man and not two characters. Mm -hmm. But I don't, I don't know if in the sequence as it's presented um, that, that fails. I I, kind of feel Mm -hmm. like the, the switch in demeanor is so shift and he does play the bewilderment as Norman so earnestly that I, I, I'm, I allow myself to think of it as two people in one body rather than just one delusional man at that moment um but i think it might be a different the, threshold I think the for turn, others yeah i think the turn away from the mirror works because in the mirror he's the goblin and then when he turns toward the camera he's he norman. becomes norman sure so mm-hmm. so that that transition works for me in camera yeah it's it's when he's norman in the wide shot and then starts walking toward the mirror and transitions to the goblin. That's that's the transition that I don't like. I see. Um, yeah. Personally, so he's like Schrodinger's goblin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it 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 just it happens. It happens in the same shot at the same angle, and I think that's what bothers me. Like in in the in the turn, mm-hmm. you have the transition happening in the turn, so it's still happening off camera to a yeah. certain extent. Yeah. Um, and, and so that one works for me, but the, the first one doesn't as much. Yeah. I Um, I think it's, it's really, it almost fits your criteria where not for one line that, that Norman has to respond. I'm going to turn my audio up to check it, but, um, Mm -hmm. almost in this first, the, the long single take one, we, we have the, you know, uh, the barrier of the whip pan really to sell the first transition because we look at Norman without a mirror and then we whip over to the mirror and it's the goblin speaking in the mirror. It's just that when he walks mm-hmm. forward, there has to be a moment where Norman responds to him. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's saying, all for you, all for you, Norman. And Norman like asks a question after he throws the glass away. And it's just that one right. question that Norman asks that kind of breaks the reality of that. But he's right back into right. the goblin after that, that I'm able to whistle past it. Whereas I can see that f- functionally, that's the hiccup in... this you know selling or whatnot but you know yeah until for me until yeah for you yeah or for 
other people that might, uh, you know, take issue with this sort of transition. I think it's, that's the moment that either your brain can whistle past or it sticks out like the artifice is too uh, apparent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, late, is, yeah, is, later it works, I think. <laughs> is, is Norman too innocent and, you know, bewildered here? I mean, do we believe that he's really like, who's there? Yeah, <laughs> that, that, and, and that really bothered me, like that meat, okay. that meat guy act. That well, because does. this guy is like the CEO yeah. and kind of general badass of this, you know, but basically of like Blackwater or Halliburton mm-hmm. or, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you're kind of like, and, and now we see him and he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I, I think that the meekness, uh, okay, so uh, we talked a little bit about his father um in the uh in yesterday mm-hmm. in yesterday's minute mm-hmm. and how he took over the company from his father and i think that when he's playing the role of board member i think he is playing the role of his father i and i so there's that moment um early on when he's putting himself through the experiment and he's he's being very dramatic and he's he's like throwing the thing down that he that he drinks the serum oh, down yeah. on the ground yeah. and, and doing doing that whole dramatic moment and then he lays down on the thing and they puts the straps on he goes oh it's cold <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I love yeah and i think that's the real norman and all the other stuff is an act yeah. that's his father and i think mm-hmm. that act is what becomes the green goblin oh. i think the green mm-hmm. goblin is his father Oh wow! Yeah, so 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 at the very very end, this is spoilers. You know where he looks down and he sees that he's about to be impaled by his own machine, mm-hmm. and he goes, "Oh, <laughs> like what, yeah. where, where is that? Is that the last vestige of Norman?" I think so. Yeah, maybe. And 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 so is the "Don't Tell Harry." Um, but, oh yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. But I I just I I think that this I think the goblin persona is meant to be like if I'm if I'm Willem Dafoe and I'm playing this role that's how I'm justifying it in my head and how I'm how I'm playing up this performance because I think that what Harry represents is everything that Norman's father hated about Norman. Okay. Mm. And so when he looks at Harry, he's disgusted with Harry because he represents all of that weakness. Yeah. And when these two personas separated, what you essentially have is Norman's father and what is basically, you know, to a certain extent, Harry. Yeah. Um, and, and as these two personas separated, which they weren't meant to be separate before, you know, Norman was both of those guys to a certain extent. I think he, he had gotten to a point where he had, he had lost the sort of, um, the train of, uh, of, of separation between those two personas. Like he was do, he was acting like his father for so long to a certain extent, he, he became his father and the real Norman only came out at certain points and and now those two uh, those two personas have come become two completely separate entities, and have been dialed up to eleven. So right. not only is the is the father persona dialed up to eleven in the Green Goblin, so is the Norman persona, like the I meek think. boy persona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay. So 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 Norman is not empowered. No. Like just as a character. but what's interesting is the Green Goblin says, 
I'm your greatest creation, Mm -hmm. which means that Norman is empowered. I mean, he created. (laughs) Yeah. That's the maker's mark. And and yet he's not. That's the maker's mark. (laughs) That's the maker's mark. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, well, I mean, he was in power when he created him when the the Green Goblin was just the father persona that he put on, you know, to Mm -hmm. sort of like pretend to be his dad at work. Mm -hmm. Um, But but I think that, yeah, now he's sort of become his own thing and has overpowered the Norman persona, I think. So does that mean the little sachet that he does is like... How he pictures his dad. Like when <laughs> I don't know. Right? Like, oh, you're going to do this. Did you do like the little sachet? Did you do the little... Like, that's, oh, another, uh, that's another the detail that I... I'm oh, sorry. That's another detail that I like about the long shot. And, w- you know, with you get Norman and the goblin in the same shot. Is that that walk towards the mirror on the goblin side. It's sort of a stalking kind of menacing, mm-hmm. creepy thing. And on the Norman side, it's kind of like what's going on? Like I'm getting closer to the mirror just to see what's going on. Like I'm just trying, I'm like peering at this weird thing that's happening. Right. And it kind of, it works both ways in the same shot, which is pretty you cool. Know, you know what I think would have made, you could have kept it as a single shot and I think it would have worked better hmm. than it does right now hmm. is if when it was, when he was walking toward the camera and, uh, or walking toward, not toward the camera, toward the mirror, away from the camera. Uh-huh. Um, when he was walking toward the mirror, if the camera sort of um panned behind him as he transitioned into Ooh. Oh. yeah that would help so so then so, so then we're at on his face when it's happening we have his like head blocking the image in the mirror right when yeah yeah they kind of do i think once, I, when, then when, you could have kept it in the single shot so you know so Willem Dafoe is getting his moment of look how impressive my acting is in this moment. <laughs> but and, but it's also maintaining that break between the two characters a little better. We well, they do that one the, shot between him. the yeah. yeah between the newspaper and looking right. back at the thing. Mm-hmm. In that right. instant, he goes from Norman to the Goblin. Right, which I which I which I like that yeah. because we get we get the transition in the turn, so it's off camera. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if you would if you had just. If you had just like trucked the camera over just a little bit behind his back, yeah, um, and then trucked it back over, um, I think that would have been, uh, I think that would have been. A are, cool you, are you getting all these that. notes, Sam Raimi? We want you to, to reshoot it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. special edition, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, no, I buy that, that's uh, awesome, yeah, uh. yeah, but I, 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 but yeah, I mean, overall, I just think that this is a, this is a powerhouse of a performance, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. Um, I think this is great. I will say the scene is uh, cut down considerably from the shooting draft. Oh boy! Um, which uh, when Osborne says, uh, "You know, I don't understand." The Goblin says, "Did you think it was a coincidence? So many good things all happening for you, all for you, Norman." Uh, and then Osborne's like, "What do you want?" And then that's when he says, "To say what you want, to do what you can't." To remove those in your way. Oh. And then Osborne says, the board members, you killed them. We killed them. And then Osborne starts screaming, oh, God, oh, God. Huh? And then the goblin says, stop muling, you sicken me, you ooze weakness. <laughs> and then Osborne <laughs> says, I'm not a murderer. I'm a scientist, a respectable businessman. And then he says, the police. And he runs over to the phone but but in the script it says but the goblin beats him to it, 
and, <laughs> and the goblin stops him from picking up the phone and he starts sc- screaming at Norman, calling him a hypocrite and a liar. Whoa. Uh, and then Whoa. says, now shut up and listen. Try to understand the beauty of all of this. You are now in full control of Oscorp Industries. Your greatest wish, you're granted by me. Say thank you. Dang. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so he the goblin just sort of like goes on like a on onto a like he goes into like sort of a monologue. Yeah. He says, "We'll eliminate your rivals. Oscorp will become the most powerful military supplier in history. You'll have limitless wealth. Presidents and kings will court your favor. So don't be shy. Take what you've always wanted, power." The weak will serve you. The world will be yours and mine. Yes, you and I, we can have a hell of a time. (laughs) It might be gilding the lily a bit uh, at that point. But, but But to hear Willem Dafoe perform the line as the goblin will have a hell of a time. Oh, that'd be worth it. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah that'd be nice. That'd be, I would love to hear him say that. But doesn't yeah. he say that at some point in the movie? Yeah, he has a callback to it at the end, but that's no longer a callback. Yeah. Uh, like he, right. in the <laughs> right. trident moment, you know, where he pulls a trident. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, oh, he and Mary Jane are going to have a hell of a time. Right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. The, I'm, I'm noticing a few things like that, that like earlier in the week, we were talking about the um, sort of prayer section that got excised here, where, Peter wanted to pray for all the people in the, you know, event. And Hera's like, all right, I'll go pray upstairs. Later, we have a whole section with um, Aunt May, not to talk too much about things that happen later, but that that would right. structurally mm-hmm. function as a callback to those sort of scenes, but they're not there anymore. Right. So it's almost like this right. out of nowhere thing. Huh. There's a real, lot of really nice sort of structural stuff. I mean, it really just goes to show you like how the sausage is made, sure. you know, yeah. where, where you have this, like, that's one of the things, that's why it always bugs me when people see a movie and then they're like, mm, the script could have been better. And you're like, you have no idea what the script was. <laughs> and, yeah. You have no idea what the script was. Don't say the script could have been better. Well, I saw the movie and everything they said was in the script. No, <laughs> you don't, you don't know that at all. Like, unless you read the script, you can't say the script wasn't good. Yeah. I'm only going to um, uh, challenge you because we did that constantly during Temple of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I know we're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if, you read, if you were reading the script along with while you were doing it, then yeah, yeah sure, for sure. Yeah, then you would yeah, or, uh, let's say we did. Sure, sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a convenient it's shorthand just... for the storytelling let us down here. But yeah, it is, it is nice to yeah, be yeah, reminded yeah. fairly concretely that like, oh yeah, not literally the script is the final bit of storytelling you see on mm-hmm. screen. It's you know, right. all sometimes the you can't yeah. blame the writer is not the person who broke the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The director and then maybe even the editor later yeah. broke Ooh. them or maybe even the studio broke the movie. Yeah. Um, there's so many people between the first guy on the scene, which is the writer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and the movie coming out in theaters, there's so many things that happened between that and that yeah and uh you know you're talking you're blaming a for something z did yeah uh which is mm-hmm. there's a even a weird a weird thing that we like do. Uh, well, i mean because we're so goblin heavy in the, this uh back half of the week here it's reminding me again of that like little window we had into the the process when norman first became the goblin uh there's a line he has about the promochloroperazine or whatever thing he's going to drink um mm-hmm. and on the day during performance, they decided to really make this a big moment, except the 
actual thing they were drinking doesn't do anything exciting. So then the scene had to be rewritten and rejiggered in post with like an ADR, you know, added line to sort of cover up the fact that whatever chemical we made important wasn't that important. So we had to like right. change it around. Like something so silly as why is that goofy line about the wrong like chemical could have just been like right. this moment was too good on the day that we had to change everything else around it. Uh, that it, you right because it's 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 a catalyst in ADR yes. in post. Yeah. It's you you drink the thing and then when the vapor hits the bloodstream, it reacts to the chemical that he drank, and then that's how the performance hands, enhancers work. Right in in the actual day and the shoot and in the script. All it is is it it stops it stops him from being queasy. Yeah, when. He gets hit by the by the vapor. So imagine that scene when he makes that big dramatic speech and downs that that thing and then smashes the glass and it's literally just Pepto Bismol. Right. I mean that's <laughs> essentially what it is. Yeah. He would look ridiculous. Right. And it's like um, like when and, you write that yeah. scene, you're like, oh, he needs a bit of business here. So we're preparing for this. He'll drink the thing that will, you know, that keeps him becoming nauseous when this the scene happens. But then later when the director and the actor get to it. They're like, oh, this is a good like bit of business to do a moment with. And they build this moment. And then later it's, well, what's more important? The the thing making sense or this moment that we created on the day. And then there's an awkward seam there. And that's just like decision upon decision like that throughout the course of turning something from a, a script on the page to something that you watch in the cinema. It's nuts. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So. You know, this whole scene about performance enhance, you know, performance enhancers are evil. Mm -hmm. I, all I could picture was, you know, is this what Lance Armstrong went through? <laughs> like, did he have one of these minutes like in his bathroom where he's like, you know, it's like the Tour de France is coming up and he's kind of like, huh, you know, I've been working really hard. I mean, everybody's expecting me to win, you know, that sort of thing. It's like, you know, there's there's been rumblings about like maybe I'll be the spokesperson for like USPS. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta take this seriously now. You know, yeah. He's just yeah, there's the Lance in the mirror is just like you wanted to live strong. <laughs> yeah. exactly. All I know is I want to watch that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it becomes the super villain, the juicer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm your greatest creation. You know, he takes blood and freezes it and brings it along in a van next to him. <laughs> Did you guys read this article? Which article? I, I did. I did. Yeah. It's hilarious. Like, it is. The Daily Bugle article here. Oh, yeah. Oh, the, it when you pause it. It's and just look, like the post. Yeah, it's got it's incredible. quite a lot of uh, yeah. narrative voice in there. The like, editorial. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These two freaks were breaking windows and whatever. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, he, said, he, almost, he says uh, almost half of New York turned to celebrate the nebulous theme of unity in scare quotes. <laughs> <laughs> and he says... <laughs> Before they could swallow their corn dogs, however, the green freak appeared. <laughs> wow. Well, and what I love about it is that it's written by someone named Ford Mastic, uh -huh. uh, but you know that he was heavily rewritten by oh, his yeah. Editor. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, then you know it, what? It, almost, it almost implies that MJ's a prostitute. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. it, does, it says, witnesses saw Spider-Man saying tender nothings into the ear of a red-haired woman whom he saved from a falling balcony. Perhaps the Vice Squad should investigate Spider-Man's personal activities for wrongdoing. Oh, oh my word. Wow. I did not catch that. <laughs> oh, boy. And then he says, these menaces to society should be rounded up and led to the Who's Gal. 
Oh, <laughs> boy, howdy. Well, you know what? What's interesting is Oscorp's a huge, famous, you know, company. I, I'm assuming, let's say, like 3M or, you know, yeah. like I said, Blackwater or something. You mm-hmm. know, but but this is kind of buried in what looks like, you know, page four of the Metro section. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, imagine like an entire board is <laughs> right. of yeah. a, a, you yeah. know, a billion dollar company. Yeah. Well, you see and the front page during, of this edition yeah. later on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, it's the big, you know, time scare or whatever headline. And yeah. then, you know, Oscar I mean, the costume murdered, freaks, like in the corner. The costume freaks are what you're going to want on your front page, that's not true. these like true. true old guys. Well, I like because the, yeah, that the front page also says Statue of Liberty harbors drugs. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I want to read that story. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. No, it's uh that's a good newspaper. Um <laughs> this is this uh this whole sequence too. Um I mean, you know, it, it was definitely in there last minute. Again, we keep coming back to this, mm-hmm. but uh I am you know, as much as people have talked about how this first movie is tame for Sam Raimi. And that like, oh, yeah, no, I mean, you can barely tell it's a Sam Raimi movie. And he was very much just sort of, you know, kind of like doing a studio movie. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this and I'm like, no, this is a Sam Raimi movie. Oh, <laughs> totally. you, can, you, you can tell. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not it's not, you know, Dr. Octopus waking up and, and Spider-Man 2. No, but nothing is. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's I mean, it's a Sam Raimi picture. Sure. That's yeah. I mean, I don't even think that's debatable. So I think it's interesting that people always talk about how tame this movie is. And I think they're just forgetting a lot of, a lot of stuff because it's not, maybe though those elements aren't quite as memorable as yeah. that doc Oxy and Spider-Man. Or it's like the earnestness of uh, the, the bulk of the movie somehow makes you forget the like grosser, grimier parts or something. Like when you're playing it back in your mind, you're like, oh, what was that Spider-Man movie like? I guess it was like that final shot where he's swinging through the streets and whatnot, and yeah. MJ was there. Yeah, 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 that's what that movie's like. And you skip over these like, you know, <laughs> weird uh, grotesqueries that happen along the way. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's good though. Well, and just like a lot of like quick close-ups with movements in them, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, there's just a lot of stuff going on that just feels like a Sam Raimi movie. It's dynamic, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh-huh. very dynamic. Yeah. It's good. Fun stuff. It's good. Um, all right. Well, uh, guys, uh, I think we're going to have a lot of stuff to talk about tomorrow um, in tomorrow's minute. So I thought I would ask you guys today, do you remember seeing this movie for the first time and what you thought of it? Because this was definitely, you know, early superhero cinema. Now you can't you can't throw a rock without hitting seven superhero movies. Yeah. Um, but at the time, you know, this was... The only one out that year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, was, uh, what did you guys think of it? I was waiting for this movie. I was so excited for this movie. I, I thought that, uh, I mean, you guys talked way at the beginning of the show about, you know, in the opening credits about like, you know, all the different iterations of the movie that almost happened and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the only one that I remember reading about was the James Cameron version. And at that point, I was really, I, I, I kind of had it with James Cameron. I'm like, oh, please, that great. Thank you for nothing. They're going to ruin Spider-Man. It's going to be so stupid. I don't need Leonardo DiCaprio with Peter Parker. It's going to be dumb. I've had it. And then that went away. And the next thing I heard, like, 
I, Sam Raimi is making Spider-Man? That is so cool. It's a gift to me. Like It's like this movie just made for me that's so weird and cool. How could that ever happen in this world? And then, uh, so yeah, I was super excited for it and uh, their opening night and everything. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. Totally. And yeah, I, I, I watched it as a Sam Raimi movie. I'm like, oh, this is, this is I, I love that, uh, that the world is letting him do this and that I get to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, you know, I've never been a huge superhero guy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I saw this in the theater and, um, they, you know, I liked it. I liked it. I, they, you know, I liked it. I, I love, <laughs> I like love it. Willem Dafoe. So, yeah, and I think yeah. it's great that they, you know, they, they chose him to be the green goblin and I love, I, I really like him as the green goblin. Yeah. So, and yeah. I think Tobey Maguire is good too. Now I know some people don't like him, and I do notice he does have a collade style lisp. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that while watching this again last night. So maybe he's under the influence. But um, I don't know. Do you guys like Tobey Maguire? I love Toby. Oh, we love. I love him okay. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's perfect. Okay, good. <laughs> he's he's oh. exactly the right Peter for this movie. I think is yeah. the mm -hmm. best way. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, sure. it's tough because not being a super diehard superhero guy who runs out and sees all the movies and the X-Men this right. and like Iron Man. And I kind of get a little bit confused where it's like they're constantly so many of them. They change that like the the superhero is played by different actors <laughs> and, mm -hmm. you know, even just one movie like the following movie. Mm -hmm. is whether mm -hmm. whether it's batman or i, I don't know i just like a, a guy who's not a super diehard fan sometimes you can get bogged down mm -hmm. and as you as you said there's like you know, there's like seven of them out mm -hmm. you know every year now yeah and they're all sort of connected and incestuous and <laughs> sort of but then you talk to some diehard superhero fans and like well the first two don't count the third <laughs> one's the best yeah. and then the fourth one is really not good but then once they bring back angel hair back in she's amazing <laughs> <laughs> like whatever sure <laughs> so <laughs> and everybody all i know everybody says the green lantern sucks yeah that's true yeah that's that's is that yeah. true? okay is that, is that the, is the green lantern crystal skull of the superhero you know world pretty much universe yeah okay basically yeah that or like electra maybe i don't know catwoman or uh x-men origins wolverine x-men origins well, I'm, I'm a lot like Jerry. Like, I've never been a big superhero guy, but I always had a soft spot for Spider-Man. So I was excited to see this. And I was very pleasantly surprised Yeah, when it came out. Like, it, it really drew me in. And mm -hmm. to, and Tobey Maguire, I thought, was so perfect for this. And it, like, he seemed to capture a, a sort of what I saw as Spider-Man. And then when I saw him a couple of years later in The Good German, and he's just this crazy foul-mouthed guy, I was like, <laughs> wait, that's not the same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... All right. Well, uh, we will be back uh, tomorrow with Minute 75 uh, one more time. Why don't you guys uh, tell people where they can find you? Why, yes. <laughs> uh, we, we run a podcast much like yours called the Indiana Jones Minute, where, uh, much like yours, we discuss uh, the Indiana Jones movies one minute at a time. So uh, you can find that at indianajonesminute.com or on iTunes. Also, we have the Indiana Jones Minute Listener's Crusade, <laughs> where, uh, which is our Facebook uh, page where we discuss 
all the things that are kind of goofy and crazy and our scripts better than they are in the movie (laughs) (laughs) through the draft or, you know, all sorts of things. And we're constantly comparing, uh, you know, Temple of Doom and Raiders of the Lost Ark. And we will be doing uh, Last Crusade and uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull as well. So we have fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And uh, we will be back tomorrow. Bye, guys. Bye. See ya.